You're listening to the How to Talk to Girls podcast with your dating coach, Trip from TripAdvice.com. Do you struggle with getting girls to like you? You'll learn step-by-step how to talk to girls to create deep connections, whether it be for <laughs> one night of wild fun, a one-week fling. Are you currently involved in a sexual relationship? Or for a lifelong partner. Full of long-lasting pleasure. Here's your host, Trip. All right, welcome to another episode of How to Talk to Girls. I'm your host, Trip from tripadvice.com, and this episode is sponsored by Spartagen XT. Maybe you've heard me talking about this for a while now. This is the all-natural, that's right, 100% all-natural supplement that helps you with boosting your sex drive, boosting your libido, helping you last longer in bed, helping you boost testosterone, helping you feel more horny, really. For those guys who uh, are losing some of their libido and at the end of the day this is one of the best supplements that you could take because it is the answer to taking an all-natural supplement instead of taking those crazy pharmaceuticals that are out there okay so if you want to try this out to help you get your confidence back in the bedroom I want you to go to SpartanLibido.com go to SpartanLibido.com S-P-A-R-T-A-N-L-I-B-I-D-O that link is in the description of this podcast. So keep up your natural drive with Spartagen XT. Go check it out right now to learn more about how it can help you become a rock star in the bedroom. Now, today's episode is an interview with a friend and a mentor of mine. His name is Lawrence Lanoff. And he was actually featured in Neil Strauss, if you don't know him, Neil Strauss's new book. He wrote The Game. But he comes out with a new one called The Truth, and Lawrence is in this. He's friends with Neil, and he's helped Neil with uh, sex and relationships. So this guy has got some interesting things to say. We talk about, can you really have multiple girlfriends? How does that work? How do you create that kind of lifestyle for yourself? What does it entail? Well, Lawrence, he lives it. He, he lives in a, uh, a polyamorous type of lifestyle, and he has... Uh, multiple girlfriends, and he lives a a life that is a little bit different than something you may have heard of. But if you're interested in in learning more about what polyamory is like, what open relationships are like, this is the episode for you. So check out Lawrence on this interview coming up right now. That's going to show you what this world is all about and how you can tap into it. So listen to this episode right now this interview. And if you have uh, any interest in contacting Lawrence, go to lawrencelanoff.com. He does coaching. He's coached me. Uh, he is got some amazing products that teach you about how to have amazing tantric sex. He's got a lot of great stuff. So go to lawrencelanoff.com. I'll put that in the description. And here is the interview with Lawrence and I. Hey, Lawrence, happy to have you here today. What's up, man? Oh, doing well. Happy to be here. Excited. Talking about one of my favorite subjects, as it turns out. Yes. Well, I mean, you're the master at this. You really are. And, you know, uh, I'll be honest, for those who are listening right now, Lawrence helped me out a lot uh, in some of my my past relationships. So he's been uh, just a really big mentor to me uh, and a friend and just a guy who really knows what he's talking about in this arena. In fact, I've met so many 
different types of coaches out there, sex coaches, dating coaches, relationship coaches. And I mean, there are very few people touching the subject and anyone who has, they just don't come close. You really, you explain things so well. You've shown in your personal life that you're able to have open relationships. You know, this is something that you live and breathe and teach, you know, so I, I respect that. And, you know, that's one of the reasons why it took too long, but one of the reasons why I wanted to have you on the podcast to uh, just talk to us and give us some of your, you know, advice and information. Sounds great, man. I'm I'm totally looking forward to it. I mean, I think, you know, it's funny. Um, a very, very wonderful, very, uh, very, let's just say she's super, she's a powerful woman, older woman. She said to me, she's a sex educator, has been Betty Dodson. I blog for her. And uh, one of the things she said to me when we began is it really struck me. She said, you know, don't get your sex education from somebody who isn't having sex. And I feel like the same can be said, you know, because that makes sense, right? I mean, you wouldn't go to like a like driver's ed from somebody who doesn't drive. You wouldn't go to, um, you know, you wouldn't get swim lessons from somebody who doesn't swim. You know, well, I've read about it in a book. So, so, um, and I feel like the open relationship is the similar thing, right? Because there's lots of people who have theories and ideas and we live in a world of theories. You know, theories are, for the most part, they're, they're really worthless. I mean, I have an idea about something, but if I can't apply it, it's not helpful. And if I can't make predictions based on that theory, it's also not helpful. So right. I came to, I came to open relationships because I was like, you know, I, I just, I just see that the world is changing and I am, you know, I can see beyond all the rhetoric and see that in, in my experience, in my counseling, in my, uh, you know, my coaching practice, when we're really talking about this, everybody is struggling with this issue of, you know, monogamy or open till death do we part or is it okay to have, well, certainly there's been, it's been okay to have serial monogamy. In other words, I'm with one person, then one person, then one person, but a bunch of different people, but just over 10 years, let's say. So we're just, our, our ideas about relationships are colliding with reality. And where I like to be and where I like to teach from is at that point, the reality point. So that's exciting for me. Right. Yeah. And it definitely seems these days that I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's just becoming more popular or maybe the internet has brought so much, so many more ideas to the surface, but, um, or we're just evolving as, as a species, but it seems to be that this idea of an open relationship or a polyamorous relationship is becoming like more mainstream. People are having more conversations about it. People are, are, are maybe seeing it's more possible. I don't know. What do you think? I mean, definitely, right? I mean, the, the first thing is you don't know what you don't know. So um, when about four years ago now, it might have even been a little bit longer, Neil Strauss contacted me for his book, The Truth. And it's 
you know, it's his very uncomfortable, very introspective look at what he had to do to see if a re- an open relationship for him was a sustainable thing. And it's a great, you know, it's just a great, great book and great journey. But one of the reasons he contacted me is because he knew that I've been living this lifestyle for a long time now. It's almost uh, 15 years and it's, it's a, it's an extremely suitable way of life for me. I will backtrack and say I was married for a long time. I mean, I was in a monogamous long-term relationship, but for me, it was killing me. Like, that's just the truth. It was killing me. I, I, you can look at pictures of me from, you know, 15 years ago and I look older than I do now because I was, you know, it was just, it was one of those things where that mythology and, and, and monogamy is a mythology. It's a story about how people are supposed to be. Most people think that story is a real thing. That's the power of mythology. You know, we believe in stories. We are, we are storytelling creatures. So somebody thousands of years ago came up with this idea that we should be in pairs, monogamous pairs till death do we part. And that story that stuck, you know, it's stuck for thousands of years now. And so we're dealing with old stories and old mythologies that don't really relate to the life we currently live and the complexity of the life that we live and the, you know, the numbers of people we're exposed to back when these ideas were, were thrown out there. I mean, you know, tribes of people were smaller, groups were smaller. There were very specific rules and laws to dictate who had sex with who and who was married to who and, you know, what the relationships were. But as we live in this day and age and things are moving so fast and we can meet, you know, I mean, I can meet somebody, I can literally have a conversation, which I did. I was texting somebody on the other side of the world before this call. Like that's possible. The boundaries, the limits of your little 25 mile radius, we don't have to live by those anymore. So it makes things a lot more complicated. So you could be in a a monogamous relationship for example, and you could be, you could be in this like thing and you're trying to be monogamous and you're, you know, by the way, this is not, let me just clarify. This is not a sexual orientation thing. I think another, um, mythology that's out there is that women don't want open relationships or men really do want them. And that is false. Like that's, what's so interesting. It's just how a woman communicates about these things is far more complicated because of social stigma. But the point being, you could be in this great relationship, but get on a, you know, like a, an app of some kind, like a match or a Tinder or a, a happen. And, you know, you meet somebody and you start a conversation and it turns out they, you know, you pass them five times a day and they, they work at this specific place or they're into this type of food or, you know, and, Technology opens us to things that were just never possible before. So we are screaming. Technology is, we are, you know, is, is like we are screaming on a freight train towards a change in attitude, just as 
our attitudes change around gay marriage, they are going to change around alternative relationships because they are happening. We're just not talking about them. And most of the time it's couched as, oh, I found out he was cheating or, oh, I found out she was cheating. But people are having sex and people are connecting with other people outside of the framework of monogamy. And that's been going on well, since that whole idea first came into being. What do you think about the guy who's listening right now who's, who's curious about this idea, but he's really not sure if it's for him? He's like, well, I, I you know, because this is so new to him, right? He's never heard about this before. And then he's like, oh, this sure. is possible. And then he listens to this episode and he's like, well, sounds cool, but I think I'd rather just be in a monogamous relationship. Or I just, you know, I, I just see myself being, you know, with one person. Do you think that's wrong? Or do you think... Oh, gosh, no, be no, no way. No, there's nothing I'm... The stuff I'm sharing is there's so much information out there in the world that tells you to be monogamous and be with one person till death do you part. I, I mean, pretty much 90-some percent of the people you're going to speak to fall into that that's the framework that they're using. So I would never say nothing is wrong. If it works for you, it's a beautiful thing, right? So literally it's, it's not for me to determine. It's just that the myths and choices you have, you don't know what you don't know. So people like me have to come along and say, Hey, you know, maybe it's for you, maybe it's not, but at least know there are people who are navigating this territory and it is known territory, and even possible. though you may not know about it. Right. And that, and that it can exist. It could work. It, well, it does exist. Right. I mean, people are navigating this and there's all kinds of relationship styles. So the reason I, I coach the way I do and, um, the program I'm, that I'm, that I've just finished on open relationships is really just to give people like bare bones. You need to know this. Who cares what you do with it? But as far as I'm concerned, everything I'm teaching, um, is, is important for any relationship because I'm, I'm talking about how do you create safety in relationships, you know, which is key. And a lot of times when a guy says, Oh, I just want to be monogamous and with one person forever. What he's really saying is I feel unsafe at the idea of either me being free or my partner being free. So, you know, you can't do any of these things, whether it's a monogamous and open a poly, whatever, you can't do any of it. Well, without creating a safe space. So, so my program is just bringing out those, those key principles, ways, viewpoints, ideas, ways to look at any relationship, whether you're doing, you want to do monogamy better. You want to be married and have a happier marriage. The principles are still going to work and they're going to, you know, they'll help you navigate the territory. A lot of times in our culture, we just suppress our desires. And so our desires come out through our porn habits or through our little secret, you know, meetings or flirtations because that energy has to move. Our desire has to move. So why not talk about it openly? Right. So 
I think what I believe might be one of the most common questions a guy might ask who's listening to this, who wants to explore this idea, he yes. might be asking, and by the way, I suggest you maybe even do a YouTube video on this because I just feel like it's going to be very powerful. Um, look, where can I find a girl or a woman who's interested in having an open relationship? So this is for the guy who doesn't have a, a woman yet, who's not in a relationship. And most of the guys listening to this uh, episode, or this podcast, I should say, are probably most likely single. So he might be interested in finding a girl who's interested in something like that. Do you have any advice or, or tips for that? I do. So I'm so glad you brought this up because, you know, finding a woman who is into open relationships, you are going to be shocked at the number of women who are open to open relationships. And it is just shocking. It's just we don't have a language about it. But somebody like me who's been living this way for the last 15 years, I have a language. So I, I know that most people don't have a language. So I might meet somebody and I might say to her, you know, I might start a discussion. And one of my tools that I use to, to initiate this discussion and kind of the things I'm looking at for is my safer sex elevator speech. And that is a, you know, this is a powerful tool for, for really helping you find people who are like-minded in what you're looking for. Right. And I think that's really the problem that we have in relationships. It's like, you're going to find there's lots and lots of people who are open to these new ideas. Lots. It's unbelievable. And it crosses boundaries. It crosses uh, religions. It doesn't matter because these are things that all humans are dealing with. Every single human is dealing with how to manage their sexual desire. Everybody. So, you know, so a, a woman, she may have to be more careful about how she discusses these things because of the social ramifications. But fundamentally, you know, she's trying to figure out how to manage her sexual energy as well. So, and her desire, right? This is the key. We've moralized desire, but desire is part and parcel to happiness. You want to be happy, you need to understand how to move your desire. Because we, you know, you don't want to go to the same restaurant. I don't care how good that restaurant is. If you go for 10 days in a row by the 10th day, you will never want to go there again. Um, and, and that would make sense. Like if you went to the same restaurant over and over, day and night, lunch, you know, people would be like, that's insane. But we're supposed to find one person who's going to give us everything forever. And that's sane. They're going to give us everything, our emotional, physical, mental, spiritual, uh, financial support forever in every part. And we, because of that, will never have a desire again. I mean, that's just like, I hope you can hear me when I say that out loud, how ridiculous that sounds. Right. 
No, I, I, and I do hear that. And I think you made an interesting point too. You said moralizing desire. Yes. Talk just a second more about that because I think there's something there. Yeah. Well, so here's the thing. Our, again, it's not your fault if you're struggling because you want to have more than one sexual partner or you find yourself as many of the guys I coach do find themselves like finding an outlet through porn or some other thing. Um, we, there, there's so much shame. The underlying issue here is shame because we have been taught to be ashamed of our deepest desires. And so when you have, let's say, a monogamous couple, the standard monogamous couple who come together, neither one of, the, of them have dealt with their sexual shame. So because we've moralized sexual shame, then we have to rely on guilt. I'm sorry, since we've moralized sexual desire, we have to rely on shame and guilt and blame and jealousy to manage our partner's genitals because culturally we are like, it's shameful for you to have a desire. It's shameful for you to think about another person. It's, you know, it's, it's a breach of trust. Like we have all this morality that my thinking about, you know, the woman who I met at Trader Joe's would be a breach of trust of my marriage is the framework we inherited. So that's why I say we've moralized sexual desire, but, but you, every single person listening to this podcast, everybody, I don't care who you are, you were born through sex. So when we take the thing that literally every human being must be born through and turn that into a moral play of good and bad and right and wrong and good and evil and knowledge and trust, that's where you get into people having so much sexual shame in their genitals and in their sex in general that there's there's really no there's no way to move ahead. They feel stuck. They feel stuck and ashamed. And they think that if people really knew what they were into, the the, the whether it's an open relationship or a fetish or a or something that they just like you know, that like, for example, like a foot fetish or you like, you know, underwear or whatever the thing is. And, and, and so that just gets locked down in shame because everything you're told is that morally those are bad things and there's something wrong with you. And every day I meet people who come up to me and say, is this normal? Am I okay? Is this okay? If they're, if they're willing to open up. So, and you say yes. <laughs> That's what I'm guessing, right? Well, absolutely. I mean, here's normal. If you can physically do it, it's normal. Okay? If it's physically possible to do, it's normal. That's that's just it. Now, obviously there are cultural modifiers to that and you want to make sure that you're doing that with consenting, hear me on this, with consenting adults that you're having conversations with, 
which is all the more reason why we have to have open discussion about this, uh, then it's fine. I, I don't, you know, who cares? Like if, if you find playmates who want to do what you're doing and what I'm ultimately saying is the only way we find those playmates is to ask for what we want. And that's what my program is all about. That's what opening up is all about. It's just you, you open because you have to be vulnerable to ask somebody for what you want. That's scary, but it's so powerful, so empowering, so bonding, so comforting. It creates such profound safety. And, you know, really at the end of the day, people want to feel safe. They want to feel connected. They want to feel like somebody on planet earth has their back. And the paradox is we live in relationships where we're taught exactly the opposite. Don't share your deepest desires. Uh, you know, don't tell the truth about what you really, really, really want. Don't do that. Just pretend like you don't have those things and let's not talk about it. And so what that ends up doing is it creates separation from people. It creates distance and disempowerment and shame and guilt. And then people end up feeling horrible and they wonder why their marriages have no sex and why their relationships are dying. But yet, you know, till death do we part. So it's a, it's a very intense experience. Yeah, it is. And I think you said something interesting before too, when I asked you, you know, where can you find a girl who wants to have an open relationship? It seems like really the answer is anywhere. It's just about creating that safe conversation with a girl who might be interested in something like that or even that's it talking to the girl who 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 doesn't know what she doesn't know that's right and that's that's the thing it's like you know can you have a safe sane conversation about what you desire and it's it you can have that conversation anywhere i mean guys you know when i'm coaching and I'll, like sometimes i'll take guys out into the world and we will all start engaging in conversations and they'll be like what? Like, how can we be talking about sex and open relationships and things we want and deep desires like in five minutes after meeting? Because people think about this stuff. We're people, we're sexual creatures. You know, we want to be able to talk about this. I, I mean, you know, in, in point case in point to this, I was at the farmer's market the other day and I'm picking up something from one of my vendors and Two girls are there and they ask what I'm doing. They're, you know, selling me my, my, uh, salad stuff. And they're like, what do you do? And I tell them a little bit and they're like, and then we end up having a half an hour conversation where they're telling me really their deepest things about their bodies, their images, their, the things they're struggling with. Um, why do you, why do you think they were so open to telling you about that? Because people want to have a safe space to talk about it and they know that I'm non-judgmental on any level. Like I will not judge anything they say. And so I think that's that's key. That's the key, right? So, you know, a, a lot of what we've learned is is a judgmental basis. Like if you say something, I'm gonna go like, ew, I can't believe that. How could you do that? Whatever. A lot of judgment. So when people meet somebody who that's their business, which it is mine, and they feel like I can say anything, then they do. 
they want to. Everybody wants to talk about sex. We could talk about sex, you know, because if you can openly and honestly speak about sex, why wouldn't you? You want to learn things. You want to, you know, if I tell you, hey, I've got a, uh, a technique that you can do with your partner or partners tonight, like right now where you, you know, you put like one hand on the pubic bone and one hand in the center of the chest and you breathe a little bit. And it's, it's something that I call comfort touch. Um, you know, why wouldn't you want to have that piece of information? It's going to help make your relationship better. So people want to talk about things and we all want to feel good. And if you're not having awesome sex and living the relationships the way you want to, if you're just living what, you know, what mom or dad prescribed to you, if you're just doing what the culture said to do, that's going to blow up at some point. It's inevitable. We, we have to find our, our own way on this. And, you know, the territory is known. There are pathways. You're going to have to make it fit for you. But this is known territory. And that's exciting. That is exciting. I mean, that's, that's, you know, I mean, it's perfectly natural to, to have the desires that we have and to now kind of hear from you, you know, that there's this idea out there, people who are not judging those and, and creating those safe places for people, you know, hopefully it opens up the mind to the listener who can, you know, think like, Hey, I, I wonder what my desires are, you know, cause yes. we, we might've, um, push them down so far just because of, of society and all that. And I think that's really cool. I think that's really cool. So, I mean, I guess, you know, what comes to mind next is if someone finds or is in a relationship already or, or just interested in having these conversations, what is the start to that? Like, what's like one of the first things you say to a girl to start off a conversation talking about having open relationships. Well, here's the interesting thing. Like if you, if you go out tonight and you, well, first of all, practice, right? Have like literally practice. Like, so you have a conversation and you go out tonight and they say, Oh, what about you? And, and you say, well, I'm exploring open relationships right now. I have a, coach who's coaching me in Tantra or open relationships, or I have a, I have somebody, you know, so you initiate a discussion in a normal way. Like that's interesting. Somebody you're studying about open relationships. Oh, you're interested in that or you're practicing whatever, you know, like, like just that's so much more interesting than the, than the, the conversation with the guy who's like, so where are you from? Right. So that alone, just saying something. Yeah. A lot of the guys I'm coaching, I, I'm, you know, when you, I say to them, I'm like, when you go out tonight, just say, when somebody says, hey, what do you, you know, why are you in L.A. or New York or wherever? And you just say, oh, because I'm working with my Tantra teacher, you know, or I'm working with my sex coach or I'm working with. Right. And all of a sudden people are like, what? <laughs> right. And then you go and then you start having the discussion. Yeah, I, I got into this. And that's where you start to lay out your narrative. So. You just have a discussion. It's like, yeah, I was in, you know, I was in a relationship. It was, you know, we were heading down a specific path. I decided to 
that I really felt like that wasn't working for me, even though I tried to make it work. And then, you know, and then when we broke up, I started asking myself, well, can I do this differently next time? And so that's how I got into thinking about open relationships. And so, you know, a simple discussion and, and you're, you know, you're, it's on. And then if she turns around and says, oh my God, I've also been thinking about that. I'm so excited, you know, and then you're good. Like you're, you, that's, that's a discussion that you will, that's somebody who will be like, let's stay in touch. Right. And, um, you know, crazy story, crazy, but true story. I had a discussion with a woman, um, about, this would probably been about two years ago. And we just met at a coffee shop completely accidentally. It was just one of those hanging out. We started a conversation and I shared some of these ideas with her and she was like, wow, they sound so interesting. Um, but you know, like I'm getting married in a couple months and you know, my life is just not ever going to be that way. And, you know, and, and I met her fiance and, said hello and had that, but, but the vibe was just like, here was this radiant creature who was just stepping into a cage willfully. Like, I'm just going to go get in this cage. And it's not like it was a kink of hers. Like she was just like, this is what mommy told me to do. This is what daddy told me to do. This is what my religion told me to do. So I'm going to do it. And I know I'm going to die in a small way, I know I'm going to lose myself, but I'm going to do it. And, and why do why do you think they they do that? Or you know, and, and we all do that to some degree, you know, or we have maybe in the past. Like we just kind of be like, yeah, like you're just you. Why, why do people accept that? Because the mythology says it's not about this life; it's about the afterlife. That's what this whole death till death do you part thing is. It's all about a life that you're going to have someday. So if you just suffer through this and prove your worth and your commitment, you know, you'll get your rewards in heaven. In essence, that's the myth that we're using when it comes to relationship. Well, what about the people who are not, you know, because that sounds like we're kind of talking about religion in that in that essence. What about the people who still <laughs> Who maybe aren't religious or or maybe even atheist and well, still still go down that path of eh, I'm just gonna accept it. This is just how it is. Right. But you're not you're not here's the the key piece. Just because you're an atheist or you come to what you believe is some sort of objectivity, you're brought up in a culture. Right. So it's not like you've disowned your parents and all their beliefs. You, you know, these, these ideas, these memes, they're not religious memes. They, they were probably born from there, but these are, these are ideas and ideals that have been communicated for millennia to humans passed down story after story after story. So even if I'm just like, wow, this is my life, you're probably still suffer. I will, I will guarantee you, you're still suffering from a belief about how things work that is incorrect. So Trip, hear me when I say this. The problem is not what you believe. This is the key. And especially when it comes to marriage and relationships, the problem is not what you believe. The problem is what you believe that is incorrect, that you are still 
believing. So we have this idea, and this also fits the American ethos, that we just suffer through it and just, you know, just suffer through it. And there are some relationship ideas out there right now, like with, you know, there are some teachers out there like um, that basically are out and out saying you should be in difficult relationships because they make you better. So any one of these, yeah, any one of these mythologies is going to lead you to, to, you know, disastrous outcomes. So it's not, does that make sense? Like it's not, you, you can't divorce yourself from the culture you grew up in. And you may say, oh, well, I don't believe in this anymore. I don't believe in that. But beliefs are so deep seated and they're given to you from the time you're in the womb there's a lot of beliefs. There are lots of things you believe right in this moment that you will have very strong feelings about that are incorrect. And when you start to get those beliefs and ideas sorted out, that's where you, a lot of the, the, the people I coach, that's where they sort of come to like, whoa, 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 wait a minute. I am not doing this because I'm not getting in this cage. And, and here's the interesting thing. Let's go back to our girl. I don't hear from her. We have that conversation, meet her fiance, whatever. One year later, she said, she emails me and she says, Hey, do you remember me? And I'm like, of course. And, uh, she's like, I'm out of that relationship and I'm so excited. And if you hadn't had that conversation with me and made me at least start to open up a different discussion, I would have gone down that path and, and now she's, you know, actually it's really funny. She's like one of those, uh, those info, info nomads. Like she's just uh, tech nomads. She's just traveling the world, working her little business and just, just living life. And, uh, from one little coffee shop conversation, from one little you coffee had with her. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah, one, yeah. It was amazing. And I'm, and that makes me happy. And I, and I have, there are lots of people that'll, you know, you don't know what you don't know. And then one day it's like this light bulb goes off and, and, you know, I'm the guy that I will have this conversation with anybody. I would have this conversation with the Pope. I'd have it with the president. I would just, you know, I'm, I'm fine with that because my, I, it, I'm not teaching based on theory. I'm based, teach based on evidence and reality. So I'm very comfortable talking about these things. So when people, you know, come at me with like, well, what about this? I actually have an answer for it and not one that you have to take in faith or believe, you know, it just, the facts are what they are. And the facts are that we are, you know, we're multi-orgasmic, multi-sexual creatures who like to, you know, I put this in air quotes, but we like to sniff each other's butts. You know, we're, we're like the puppies. We want to go to the park and just, you know, hey, can I look at that? Can I check you out? You know, this is what we do. It's it's the most normal thing in the world. And, you know, moralizing it hasn't helped. So, right. you know, you, when, when people do start to realize like, oh, this is normal, then you just, it just, it just gives you all this energy that right now you're using thinking there's something wrong with you. And that's really what, what my work is about. It's like all this energy frees up when you realize that your rewards are not going to be when you die. 
then you better freaking learn what to do with your life right now because you know there there's that image of the headstone where born on this day and then there's the dash and your freaking entire life is in that dash you better use that dash you know you certainly should think about wisely about how you're going to spend that dash wow that's powerful i like that i like that well listen this has been an amazing interview. I feel like we just scratched the surface. Lawrence, I definitely want to have you on again to talk more about this. If you guys want to learn more from Lawrence, he does personal coaching. And I know this from experience, and this is one of the few people I can say from because I don't get coaching from everyone that I do have on the podcast, but I've worked with him and he's incredible. I mean, pretty life-changing, as you have heard in the past, you know, 30 minutes or so. So if you're interested in working with him, check his stuff out, lawrencelanoff.com. I'm going to put the link in the description along with uh, some other links to his YouTube channel and other ways you can find him. And uh, just this has just been amazing. Thank you so much for being very specific and and just I feel like you explain things so well. And I know the things in this world can be very difficult to understand and I feel like even I learned something new here and it was just very kind of easy to follow. So thanks for for kind of taking the time to explain to us what this is all about. Oh, my pleasure, man. I I love this. It's it's as you can tell it's a passion for me. Like seeing people live happy, free, open, you know, pleasure-filled lives, that happens to be a big turn on for me. So absolutely i mean listen all it takes is a little coffee shop conversation and and that's it i mean your your whole life can be changed that's right (laughs) i love it thanks lawrence we'll talk to you again don't forget to subscribe to the podcast and write a review over 18 and want a question answered on the podcast email all your questions to trip at tripadvice.com